Look at my butt. Show number 176 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Well, butt fans, we have something so good, and um, I'm just, I can't wait. I just can't wait to hear about this. Well, there, butt fans, get ready to squeeze. Because this is amazing. Um, Saturday, Bill was in uh, Naperville mm-hmm. um, at the uh, movie theater that was showing both the crappy new movie and the wonderful <laughs> Wrath of Khan. <laughs> and so I had bought a ticket because you couldn't do anything if you didn't buy a ticket, but I had no intention of seeing that crappy movie again. So took the train out there, you know, and um, so when I got there... There was, you know, a line waiting to mm-hmm. see Bill, as there should be, but not that long. And so, you know, I asked, you know, what's, what's going on? And they said, um, well, you just w- wait in that line there. And I could see Bill wasn't there yet. He was obviously on a break. Mm-hmm. So I went and had a beer, and then I got <laughs> in line. And um, what it was, was, you went through the line, you came up to a desk where you could pay $50 for a photo, or fifty dollars for an autograph, which is much cheaper than it is at Creation Con. Yeah, isn't it like a hundred and twenty at Creation Con? Well, I know autographs now are up to eighty or ninety. Yeah, I think I had seen maybe it was a combo where you got to like shake his hand and get an autograph, but it was over a hundred dollars for something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not a bad price considering. And I said to the guy, "Well, you know, do I have to buy one of these? Can I just say hi to him?" And um. <laughs> And the guy said, well, yeah, you can, but, you know, you have to wait till all the autographs and everything are done. And I went, and that means no. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'll do a photo. Mm-hmm. So paid for my photo, and I hadn't brought anything to autograph, but I was so prepared <laughs> because if he was taking questions and answers, which he wasn't, mm-hmm. um, I had a question ready. Uh-huh. And if I was going to, to just get to talk to him, or get close enough to say something, I knew what I was going to say. So, uh-huh. And I'd had a beer, so I was already. So <laughs> eventually, and the way I figured out they were doing this, they waited till they had maybe 200 to 250 people in line. And then they brought Bill out. Mm-hmm. And he just whips through it. And when those are all done, they take him away. <laughs> until they've got 200 to 250 more people in line. Okay? So... <clears throat> Waiting in line, and it's moving really fast. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's pro. He's uh, absolutely he's a, oh, pro. Oh, he's an absolute pro. And he, okay, first of all, Bill looked really good. He had on this kind of eh shirt, you know, that's mm-hmm. Bill. But he had a beautiful black leather jacket. He was wearing socks and sandals. <laughs> <laughs> but he was very gracious when he came out, they introduced him. Of course, we all applauded and yelled. And he goes, thank you. Hello, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. And then he went to this table. And it was um, a high table, so he was sitting on one of those tall chairs, you know, like the tall mm-hmm. bar stools. And the photographer sat up right in front of him. And so when he got to the front of the line, you showed him your slip, you know, and they said, okay, you're an autograph. You wait right here. You're a photo. You wait right here, mm-hmm. side by side, more or less. And so when the guy next to me went to get the autograph the photographer said to me is it just you in the photo and i said yes he goes okay i want you to stand right there and he pointed right next to bill 
So very obediently, I went and stood next to him while he's doing the <laughs> autograph just to be there two seconds longer. Of course. <clears throat> so, you know, I followed my own rule. When I meet Bill, I always introduce myself because mm-hmm. he might say my name. <laughs> he might. So I said, hi, I'm Kitty. And he said, hello. And he's such a pro. He's looking right in the camera while this is going on because they're going to take the picture. Sure. And um, they hadn't taken the picture yet. And I leaned in and I said, you are so sexy. (laughs) Okay, so... so you said that to Bill. I cannot believe it. That is amazing. Okay. So still looking in the camera. Uh-huh. And he said this as the guy took the picture. And I got to say it just like him. Oh, my God, Kitty. <laughs> the guy took the picture. And then, you know, I'm... Bill's on a tall chair, and I'm not a real tall person, so we're, like, pretty much on the same level. Uh He turned to me, our faces very close, and smiled so big, so genuine. And he said, thank you. And I said, thank you. But wait, there's more. How can there be more? There there is more. more. So then I had to go get in a line for when my picture came out. So, wait, 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 you know, and he's still signing away, and my picture comes out, and I look at it, and I'm really happy, and I see the line is about down to nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I go up to one of the guys running the line, and I said, would it be possible to ask Mr. Shatner a question? And he goes, uh, uh, yeah, just go to the end of the line. Well, right then, Bill signed the last autograph, oh. and he got up and turned to leave. So I just fell in step right beside him. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> of course I did. And I said, um, may I ask you a question? And he said, what is that? And I said, would you consider recording an album of standards? And he goes, oh, that, that's an idea or something like that. I don't quite remember, but it was, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't exactly dismissive. He was polite. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and I said, I would love that. And he goes, well, thank you. And then the, the movie geeks who were in charge of security sort of hustled him away. Mm-hmm. But I got an autograph and a picture and talked to him. Oh, and I got awesome. the biggest, best smile. Oh, how wonderful. And you sat close to him. Could you smell him? I really tried when the guy said, you go stand there. Because people always ask, what does he smell like? So I did, you know, I went and stood right next to him while I was doing an autograph. And I didn't want to go, you know, like I'm doing coke or something. But, uh, you know, I did kind of go, and I couldn't couldn't smell anything. So I don't think he was wearing cologne. And I think, you know, to really smell anything, I would have to, you know, really get in close. Which they had told us, you know, don't don't ask for a handshake or, you know, anything. So. So I just told him he's so sexy. Oh, that's wonderful. It was great. It was absolutely great. I was so, so glad I went. Oh, totally worth it. So what did you do after that? Did you just hang around? Did you go well, see Well, I looked to see what other movies they had. Wrath of Khan wasn't shown for a couple more hours, uh-huh. and they didn't have any other movies I wanted. So I went to Big Lots and bought some cheap shit, and then I, you know, <laughs> took the train back home. <laughs> 
Wow. Well, it sounds like a much better Bill experience than going to a con to meet him, honestly. Well, it really was um, because, they're, you know, like I say, it's it's a, a movie theater. And it's not a huge megaplex. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, and they ran it well, the people running it. Um, like I said, you know, they'd wait until the line was long enough, I guess, to make it worth it for Bill to come out mm-hmm. for 20 minutes and make $10,000 or something. And, um, you know, and then they just just zipped us through. But they were very nice. Mm-hmm. And it, Bill, would, you know, he, he just could not have been more charm and hotness. <laughs> I bet that was the best thing he heard all day. Well, I people. hope so. I hope so. I there were a number of people. There were a number of people in uniforms and people with their kids, you know, which mm-hmm. I think Bill gets a huge kick out of because I saw him really smiling and, and sort of talking to some, you know, little girl like eight years old or mm-hmm. something. But I was so glad they had this set up so well, you know, that he was sitting up high. So I was right there. <sighs> How nice. How wonderful. It really, really was. And then I saw some, um, I I had posted something about, you know, Channel 9 went insane Mm -hmm. with uh, promoting Bill. Well, they kept replaying those segments all through the weekend. (laughs) So they went more and more insane. But also one of the local papers had a picture of, this is so wonderfully small town, the mayor of Naperville giving Bill the key to the city. I bet he put that in a special place. He put it um, near the waterfall with his Emmys, right? That's right. I'm sure that's exactly where it went. <laughs> Another keto city. <laughs> Toss it in the pile. But I was so proud of myself that I was so prepared oh, and, you know, right. just just not afraid to just start walking with him. <laughs> You did it. You took advantage of the situation. There was an opportunity, and you seized it in a Kirk-like way. I did. I did. That's what, that's what Kirk would have done. He would have done. He would have told someone they were so sexy. <laughs> and I said it just like that. <laughs> but I cannot believe the smile I got after the photo. And I thought, I would much rather have this photo of me and Bill where he's looking like it's a fan photo, you know, but I know he's saying, oh, my God, kidding, (laughs) and then get this very genuine smile to me instead of into the camera. Yeah. It was, it was so cool. He looked at you. He looked at me and he smiled. So that was like the highlight of my year. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> or <much>. more. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, speaking of, of Bill and seeing Bill, um, should we talk about what we'll be doing in um, November? Is it November? Yes. Yes. Um, what's it called? What are we going to again? <laughs> Is it a creation con? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. We're going to a creation con and it's in San Francisco and it's by the airport and Bill is going to be there, which is yep. the only reason why we're going, really. Right. Um, so we're going to And also, getting... we haven't had a room party in a few years, so. This is, 
This is right. So we will be um, renting a room and having a little party in our room. So if there are any of you who are listening and who will be in the area and who are coming to the con, we would love to see you. And we'll see what kind of hijinks we can get up to at this con. Right. And um, it's November. Bill will be there and we will be there November 9th, which is a Mm -hmm. Saturday. Mm -hmm. So the party will be in our room on Saturday night. Yep. But we'll be hanging around and, and doing stuff and seeing what, what other fun stuff there is to do at the con. That's right. Oh, wait, I had one more thing to tell you about meeting Bill. Oh, okay. The one part of my evil plan that did not go as I would have wished. I had my tiny little recorder with me. Oh. Okay. So I was hoping, you know, I could record the whole thing, whatever mm-hmm. happened. And, you know, they were... Um, making people put their phones away and things before they got up sure. there to bill. And so I didn't dare have that out. So I just stuck it in the pocket of my jeans and it was turned on, but it didn't pick up anything and there was loud music playing. So mm-hmm. I didn't get that, but I was really, I was working it every way I could think <laughs> of to, to just make a very memorable moment for myself. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll get to ask him a question or something at the con. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think either of us want to lay out, you know, more hundreds of dollars to have another three-second meeting with him. But, you know, he does do Q&A. And maybe oh, at Riley, the cons, he definitely does. He won't be there, so we yeah. could um, actually ask him something. And I realize I have got a picture of me and Bill for three separate occasions. Mm-hmm. And my absolute favorite is the one from the fan club weekend. Mm-hmm. With Doodles, the horse. <laughs> but, you know, this one is very special, too. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. Oh, it's great. And you'll always remember what he was saying while they were taking the picture. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be some old lady on my deathbed telling this story to, you know, who's ever coming out of the light to get me. <laughs> <laughs> It's me and Bill in this picture. (laughs) So that was my really, really big news. It's awesome. It's wonderful. I'm very jealous. Very, very jealous. (laughs) But I knew you would be very proud that I had something really exciting to report. Of course. You made the most of the opportunity. That's the thing. Whenever these things happen, you got to make the most of it. Yes. and, And because the first time, you know, when I got an autograph from him, I was just so blown away that I I think I managed to say thank you and I think that is probably all so I feel like I'm getting better and better yeah I, I think so I think you you took a big chance by saying that because you never know what kind of reaction you're going to get with that I mean, well know. whatever reaction you know is going to be something from Bill mm-hmm. and he obviously enjoyed hearing it because he didn't you know shuffle me away or you know <laughs> Give the heave-ho sign or something. Well, come on. When a beautiful woman is telling him that he's sexy, he's not going to say no to that. (laughs) Well, that's true. That's true. Anyway, it was wonderful. That's great. Um, Now, speaking of, uh, you were just saying that he was on this TV station, and I was just watching that. Um, Mm -hmm. I was laughing so hard because the station did such a good job of, doing all this Trek stuff, but the thing that Bill liked most um, were the, the women. Yes. <laughs> talking about really? You think women. so? <laughs> and it was just so obvious that he was like, oh yeah, people in costume, guy juggling tribbles, all this sort of stuff. Oh, look, pretty girls in costumes. <laughs> 
I'll have one of those, please. Really? Or two. Or two. And yes. he did end up having two. So I, I thought that that was just really, really funny. That he, he, he kept mentioning how impressed he was that they got these pretty girls to dress up. And- <laughs> well, you know, most news shows, like um, one of the other local stations had him on. And he was, you know, just seated with the two newscasters who were both very attractive women. But, I mean, there was... You know, this not this whole thing of the staff virtually lining up to goggle at him or something. And, you know, people from uh, the Lyric Opera to sing the song. Oh, that was so funny. I liked that he was conducting them. That yes. Great. That he just went right in and, and got involved. And Oh, he's so funny. So he has been doing quite a media blitz lately. Yes. Um, so he did all that stuff for the movies in uh, your area, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then he was just on the Craig Ferguson show as well, um, mostly promoting his album, it seemed. Well, that's what he mostly seemed to talk about. And um, mm-hmm. I'm still a little puzzled as to, uh, you know, why he's doing these promos for the movie. You know, these mm-hmm. things like he did here, and I know he did it in L.A., and maybe maybe he's doing other places. But... Um, he he makes a shitload of money, and I heard one of the guys running it. Somebody was asking him where did the money go, and they said it all goes to him. Mm. So, you yeah. know, he, he is making really good money doing it. Yeah, well, maybe he's doing it for the money, but also maybe he's it's part of some other project. I mean, Bill's mm. always got some project going, He's right? always got projects going. And on the other news station that he was on, he said something kind of interesting. You know, they all ask, have you seen the new movie? No, I haven't seen it, but I hear it's great, blah, 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 blah. And they said, now you're doing this, you know, out in Naperville and wherever the other one was. And he said, yes, I've been sort of um, peripheral peripherally valuable to the franchise for several years. So mm. it's kind of like he, he he knows, you know. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe there's something behind this that we'll find out about later on. Um, yes. I just watched that him on Craig Ferguson, which was hilarious. Yes, um, I watched it too. <laughs> the two of them are so funny together because – they're just talking and it's going nowhere and it's not making any sense and, and Bill's just going on and on and on oh, and yes. on. But I really did like um, he was quoting uh, from an, a song that he's written for the new album about his mm-hmm. dog and I thought that was really touching the little lyric that he quoted. Yes. So I am hopeful that this album will be better because he's actually writing the songs for it as opposed mm-hmm. to doing all cover songs as he did with that last record. Yes. So as long as he's writing them it should be I think a better one. Yes, um, and we we know he loves his dogs, he loves his horses. So mm-hmm. I did have to crack up though when Craig Ferguson was describing Star Trek porn to him. <laughs> yes. And it was obvious Ferguson has actually seen it. Yes, he has. It's and terrible. so that he and he, he said to him, "You do quite well in it." <laughs> Yep, that was good. I like that a lot. Yes, because like we've seen the um, Star Trek porn too. So if we ever, like you know, have dinner with Craig Ferguson, we have something to talk about. We do. Well, yeah. Um, but I also liked at the end when, when as as often happens on Craig Ferguson, they're just sort of blathering on, and he says, "Well, we're out of time." And yeah. Like, oh, I thought I was sticking around, and he said, "No, I've got more guests to come on." Um, and it's an attractive young woman from Game of Thrones, and Bill was kind of like. Oh, I guess I could stick around. Wait, so she's a pretty young girl? Oh, my wife wouldn't like that. 
He seemed very disappointed that. He yes, and he also said, "Well, she could." Well, well, before he knew it was a woman, he said, "Well, well, will he sit right here?" And that's when Ferguson said, um, "Well, you know, it's this lovely young woman and everything." And Bill goes, "Well, she could sit on my lap." Yeah. <laughs> that was good. And then Ferguson said, "Yeah, she's from Game of Thrones, which is great." And they're both going, "Oh, yeah, it's really great." And Ferguson said, "Yeah, I haven't seen it." And Bill said, "Nope, neither have I." <laughs> I love when he's on Ferguson. They are so strange and wonderful together. They are. Just talking. Just talking about nothing. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So um, that's good. And people should go watch that. I'll put in a link. And you had very kindly pointed out exactly what point in the program Bill comes on. So um, people don't have to watch the whole episode. Right. There may be a clip of just Bill. But, you know, the first thing I found was the whole show. And so... Mm -hmm. You know, I was able to to uh, get to that location, and I wrote it down. It, it all was worked very out. Good. Very good. So thanks for that. That was great. You're welcome. Um, let's see. So you sent the list for tonight's show, and I honestly um, have seen some of this stuff, but not all of it. So do you want to pick something off the big old list? Sure. I want to talk about the email from Mark Thomas. Oh, yes, please. Which I thought was just wonderful. And he says, hi, LT and JK, your brief discussion inspired by the Ebert review about the ubiquity of villain-centered plot lines in fiction was wonderful. Speculation over the past year concerning the new Trek film and who the baddie would be left me despairing as I realized that all future products of the franchise would probably conform to this simplistic good versus evil paradigm, which characterizes most big-budget entertainment. It's funny how often a podcast named Look at His Butt gives a voice to simple reason. It's comforting to me. (laughs) Here's the part I really loved. Also, remember the boy I wrote to you about a while back with regard to Star Trek, the board game? Well, he got his hair cut last night and made a tribble (laughs) this morning. See, attach, and he sent us a picture of this hairball. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Yep. It looks like a triple, though. It does. I'm kind of wondering what he used to stick the hair together. Um, because uh, unless it's very, you know, sort of uh, wiry hair or something, it doesn't look like it. It looks like nice straight hair. So, Well, I don't know. Maybe he took like, a, 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 we don't know what the size is, but maybe like mm-hmm. a tennis ball and put some Elmer's glue on it and glued okay. the hair but he did a really good job it, it looks like a good triple it's true I like mm-hmm. it. i'm so, i'm um, i'm really just pleased with with mark is is making such a a good job of uh introducing this boy to star trek and mm-hmm. and reporting creative, on the things in a creative way right you know, the kid makes up his own rules to the board game mm-hmm. he's making his own triple i think this yeah. is great Absolutely. And and thank you, Mark Thomas, for the very kind words about our, our blathering on about uh, Star Trek and movies and villains and things like that. It's nice yes. to know other people feel the same way. Yes, or, or even if they don't feel the same way as us, when we get a, a, a thoughtful email, you know, or a thought-provoking email from people, that's, that's wonderful. We love that. Yeah. 
Um, now, I know we said at, um, after you and I discussed the movie that we wouldn't talk about it anymore, but I have to point out one other thing that bugged me, mm-hmm. just one little tiny thing, which is that um, they are going with the uh, wrong pronunciation of Uhura's first name. Well, then they did that in the first movie, too. They did it, and then they did it again, so that yep. just bugged me. I was like, ding, point off for that. You'd think you could at least have one person on staff who could check these things, but apparently not. Right. Right. Well, I'll bring up one other thing that bugged me. Now, maybe I've forgotten, but in these two movies, has Kirk ever won a fist fight? No, I don't think so. No, he gets the crap beat out of him. Every single They are so into doing the anti-Kirk. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't understand. I don't know. It's not Kirk. So where'd you get this recipe for Romulan ale? I don't know. It showed up in one of the the (laughs) things, and and it's actually two recipes. And um, I thought they both sounded a little nasty. Mm -hmm. And in the second one, which is a little YouTube video, the comments are mean. Well, I didn't want to read them because I I try not to read YouTube comments generally Mm because they're awful. You know, the, it's it's like the worst thing in the world to read YouTube comments. Like, are they slams against Trekkies or what? No, it's, um, it says like, ugh, somebody smacked that bitch. Um, oh, oh, why, so why does she have to be such a condescending and insulting bitch? Um, um, it's supposed to be an ale. Hello, listen, whore. They are all out oh. fucking your mom. I mean, it's just. That's typical for YouTube, though. Like, any woman who posts something on YouTube gets that kind of abuse, which is why I don't read the comments. I wasn't aware of that. That's awful. It is. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, The other one, which I'm pulling up right now, um, it says, warning, this drink is made with grain alcohol. It is. I was looking at the ingredients, and it's like, if you put these three things together, first of all, I'm amazed that this stuff doesn't actually explode mm-hmm. in the in the container. And it says mixed in a sealed bottle. It's like <laughs> right after you've made meth, you know. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, it 151 proof rum. <laughs> yep. Toxic, Everclear, toxic, and then blue curacao. Not really toxic, but disgusting. Yes. So. <laughs> Ew, that just sounds really awful. But it does say, mix in a sealed bottle, chill till ice cold, serve, die. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, now here's another recipe on that same page. Um, It says, now that real absinthe is legal within the Federation, you can test your liver like never before with the court and Aaron tested cloaking device. That's the name of the drink. Okay. What is this cocktail? Simple. One part Romulan ale, which we already discussed. One part absinthe. Mix, shoot. (laughs) Why call it the cloaking device? Simple. After a drink or two, you will be absolutely convinced you're invisible. (laughs) Oh, I think it would just taste like the nastiest stuff, though. It really does. Gross. Now, somebody in the comments um, gave us two drinks called Vulcan's Blood and Romulan's Blood, and they both involve blue curacao. Mm, um, okay, really, that's, that's about, about it. So, um, 
Anyway, <laughs> I just, I don't know, I just find it interesting that Trekkies continue to come up. We Trekkies, because I use the term Trekkie, I love it. I think it sounds friendly and accessible and not pretentious. No, and no, no. Uh, I love that Trekkies continue to, to come up with new ideas and, you know, just, hey, let's see if we can make some Romulan ale. Oh. <laughs> um. So anybody who's coming to our room party, just be aware we will not be making any Romulan ale. So don't get your hopes up about that. In fact, no. we're not even going to be drinking that canned Romulan ale because we drank what we had of it and we will never drink that again. No, that was, was that was nasty. And the room party will be uh, BYOB. You can bring yes. your own Romulan ale or whatever your beverage of choice is. Mm-hmm. And we'll put out some stale crackers and things like that. Something, yeah. But really, the re- the reason to come to the room party is because of the video and the episodes and watching um, Out to Lunch over and over again. And the and just the talking and being together <laughs> and laughing and just having yes. a wonderful time and hopefully getting written up in the paper again. That's true. You never know who might come I by. think we should send out a press release. <laughs> okay. I think that would be a great idea. I think so, too. One of those, you know, weird offbeat or, you know, um, um, independent papers in San Francisco would surely love to come to the airport and go to a room party. That's not a bad idea. Hmm. All right. Let's think about this. Now I'm starting to get ideas. (laughs) Um, Let's take a break. Let's take a quick break and do our our station ID, and then we'll come back and go through um, some of the other uh, really weird things on your list. I can't wait. Okay. (laughs) Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. We love our listeners, and we want to hear from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com and comment at the blog at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. This podcast produced on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. Now, Listeners, we do have a mini Etsy segment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these showed up in my Shatner alerts. Not sure. But um, I will walk you through the really creepy, creepy one, and Lena can walk you through the one that's actually kind of cool, I think. Yeah. Um, I just want to say something first, though. Um, okay. And I think we mentioned this in a previous show, but I'm a little annoyed that wired stole our idea i know (laughs) you know we've been doing this segment for what a year or something Mm -hmm. maybe more than that and you know we do it often and we call it the etsy segment and just yeah anyway so now wired steals our idea and the woman who wrote some of these um rachel idaden i know her like i corresponded with her about comic book stuff uh-huh. And and I was like, oh, I, I know her. She used to write about comic books. I don't I don't know if she does that that much anymore. But um, I am wondering if they took our idea or whether this was just somebody's idea or what. But anyway, yeah, we did hmm. it first. We did well, it first. we keep Man. running into things that are convincing me that many people are listening to this show who are in the the media. Yes. And also, I want to bring up just quickly too. Um, uh, the salt and pepper, Kirk, you gave me. 
getting quite a response. I made it my little icon on Facebook, and somebody on the Shatner group asked me where I got it. And I didn't tell him because I want to have the only one. Um, I said it was a, a gift from a, a very dear friend. But I also figured out, remember when there was the Burger King Kirk? And that yes. looked, looked like my my actor friend, Benjamin Pither. Yes. This one looks like another actor friend <laughs> whose name is Tommy Beardmore. And that just seemed really strange. And then you said, you know, I think there's a plot, and we need to look, think about all your actor friends and everything. And I am thinking the next thing that comes out, this guy really does not look like Shatner or Kirk, but he looks like he could be the, the face of some little, you know, model of Kirk, is another actor friend of mine. His name is Rick Iverson. So okay. we've got to got to keep looking for those because this is just getting to be too strange. It is. It's funny. I think that's what's happening is that they're looking through your list of friends and they're making them based on the, their facial features because <laughs> I swear to God, I remember when you showed me a picture of Benjamin Pither and it looked exactly <laughs> like him. Well, and I told him this and I yeah. and I sent him a picture of Cap, of the Burger King Captain Kirk and he used it for his face Facebook icon for a while, which I thought was so cool. I remember, but it did. It looked exactly like him. It's so mm-hmm. funny. Well, anyway, so here we go into the, the really <laughs> creepy, dark underside of Etsy. And it's coming up, and it's coming up. Okay, this one is so horrible. <laughs> Let me see what it says here. Okay, sometimes... When you really care about something, the normal expressions of devotion feel hollow. Sometimes, the only real way to express the depth of your love for your favorite TV show is by menstruating on it, repeatedly. And that's when you head over to Etsy and buy a reusable cloth Star Trek menstrual pad. Yep. And... As a Star Trek menstrual pad should, it has wings. It does with a little snap on them. That yes. You snap underneath your undies. Yep, that's good. And it's got a picture of early Spock looking very pissed off. As he should. <laughs> and yeah, who could blame him? <laughs> this is so horrible. And the, the images are taken... Um, or the, the writing and stuff is taken from one of those Star Trek comic books, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. So it's, it's cloth made from images from the Star Trek comics and yeah. fashioned into a reusable menstrual pad. Yeah. Yeah. So really, really weird. Um, I don't know. I, I yeah, I, I, I just don't know about that. I can't imagine using one of these things if you had, like, roommates or something. And you had to, you know, do laundry or wash them out with other people there. <laughs> like, how are you going to explain this? Oh, yeah, you know, I just wanted to dress up my reusable menstrual pad, so I got ones with Star Trek on them. Yeah. Because I'm crazy. Well, and, you know, like your mother, I said, wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. What if you're in an accident? They take you to the hospital, you're unconscious. And, I mean, they'd fall over laughing. You could die while the medical staff was having hysterics. This is true. This is very true. Um, I meant to click over to Etsy to see if they have um, the the maker 
does other things, Mm -hmm. you know, because as we found by looking at different things on Etsy, when they do something in a Star Trek pattern, there's usually other items. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm not able to click through. Oh, well, I was able to, and one has butterflies. Okay. And one, what, reusable mama cloth. It's like those little Russian dolls. Okay. Um, Do they sell them with different fabric? Like, is there one that's got um, lost in space on it? No, I don't see that, but I will read you a little more about this creepy, creepy thing. Oh, there's a video. (laughs) Oh, great. See how the water-resistant fleece works by watching my video in the link below. I don't think I'm going to do that. But here's a little about each pad. Oh, good. All fabric has been pre-washed and shrunk. Size, 11 inches. Mm -hmm. The top is 100% cotton print by Anna Marie Horner. The core is made with two layers of bamboo organic cotton fleece and one layer of flannel. Backing is soft, water-resistant poly fleece. Snaps poly resin applied with my heavy-duty cam snap press. Each pad has been quilted and top-stitched with special decorative stitching. Oh, my God. Here's the washing instructions. <laughs> Rinse yeah. after use. Uh-huh. Store in a bucket of cold water. Store them in a bucket of cold water? Oh. <laughs> wash in cold water along with your other laundry or save for separate wash. Lay flat to dry or dry on low. The bamboo core is very absorbent, so you may find just laying them flat to dry overnight works best, as they may still be damp when your other laundry is dry. (sighs) Let's see. Okay. I don't see the price. No? Oh, I see the price. They're like 12 bucks. Okay, let's see what the feedback is. She's got 32. Oh, wow. Her name is Nicole Vaslot. Okay. Um... These people love it. <laughs> they make a Star Wars one. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, great. And it smells like lavender. <laughs> Even better. I guess there are people who just really, really love reusable pads. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, this maybe one... if you have, like... Skin sensitivities or allergies or something, it might be a good thing. Oh, and here's she also makes a luxury all natural thong panty liner. Oh, okay, <laughs> great, really terrific. Yeah. Well, in looking through whatever she the other things that she sells, most of them are just sort of colorful patterns, and mm-hmm. the only two that I could find that are uh. Branded, if you will, are the Star Wars one and the Star Trek one. Oh, sorry. There's also one that has Tootsie Pop patterns on it. (laughs) Well, and Uh, here's the really spooky thing. I just clicked on the picture that shows you the back of the pad with Uh it snapped. Uh It's the color of a red shirt. (laughs) And on so many levels, this is not what I want. No. No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow, that was creepy. <laughs> that was very creepy. Okay, so let's just skip right past that and go on to the cool thing, which I agree with you is a very cool thing. It is. So this is a really nice um, print 
And the commentary says, remember the guy who made that fantastic Game of Thrones chart? Turns out he's a Trek fan, too, and he's made a gorgeous poster spotlighting the original series, as well as a series featuring an individual design for each member of the bridge crew. And it's done, um, as the other posters have been, that we've been talking about the ones that have been done for the episodes Mm -hmm. in a very retro kind of style. And it's just, it's very beautifully done, very professional looking um, a little bit Art Deco-ish at the same time. And mm-hmm. so the one that's featured here is the Enterprise, and it's on the Starfleet emblem, and then there's little stylized images of the crew, and then up in the upper right corner is a listing of the crew members. Yes. Now, he, he I believe it's a he, also did um, a whole series of them where each one is just one crew member. Mm-hmm. And I found them before, and now I don't see them. I um, wonder how let's I see did if I that. can find the one for Kirk. Yeah, they're really nice. They're done in uh, sort of a, a two-color. So most of it is either gray or black, and then there's one color used for accent, either mm-hmm. the gold, the blue, or the red, and they're just really, really nice looking. Oh, there's the one for Kirk. I see it. I'm lo- still looking for it. I found the the thing oh. of his whole store. Yeah. The Kirk one is very manly and uh, very Kirk-like. Uh, of course. Oh, I do see it. You know what it kind of looks like to me, though? The way his figure is? Mm-hmm. It's sort of like um, some of the artwork you see in Rock Center, much of which was done by Diego Rivera. Oh, okay. It just really brings that to mind for me. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, it's big. It's seventeen by eleven, which yeah. is a, a pretty sizable poster. I know, and, and it's it's beautiful. Yeah, they're individually and personally numbered and signed on the back, wrapped in tissue paper, and then they're sent to you in a tube, and then mm-hmm. you can have it framed as you like. And they've done a really nice job of framing it in this picture. Yes, um, if that's a real frame, I don't know if it is, but mm-hmm. it's matted and framed in black, and it's only twenty bucks. So yeah, can, it's it's really a beautiful piece of art. Yeah. I'm so glad that, as you were saying, you know, people do these really creative things in fandom. The the posters for the original series that the guy has been doing one by one for each of the episodes. And then something like this, which is just an, a cool take on the original thing. And it's mm-hmm. a, a beautiful piece of art that you can have just to have the piece of art, even if you weren't like a huge fan. It's just really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. Now, speaking, I'm going to jump to the bottom, to near the bottom of the list. Yes. Speaking of fans doing creative things and making money from them, there is an article on AV Club. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, fans can make money from their Gossip Girl, Pretty Little Liars, and Vampire Diaries fan fiction. Yes, I saw this. Now, um, what it is is Amazon, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Yes. Kindle Worlds will be the first commercial publishing platform that allows fan fiction authors to earn royalties from their work. They have already teamed up with Warner Brothers TV's Alloy Entertainment to secure licenses for Gossip Girl, Pretty Little Liars, and The Vampires Begin, or The Vampire Diaries. Let the brainstorming begin. Um, Blah, 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 blah. 
authors who publish through the self-service submission platform will receive 35% of the net revenue for works over 100,000 words, compared to 70% for writers that self-publish e-books featuring original, original characters. Kindle Worlds is hoping to add more licenses soon, probably eyeing potential cash cows like Harry Potter, Star Trek, mm-hmm. Twilight, and Star Wars, which already have thriving fanfic communities. Kirk Spock, shippers beware, though, although the two can engage in a little harmless flirting over a cup of Romulan ale, Kindle World's guidelines prohibit pornography or offensive depictions of graphic sexual acts. You know what? If they get the okay on Star Trek, I'm putting together a collection of my non-smutty stories. Oh, you absolutely should. Great, Great story arc through the whole thing. It'll be brilliant. Well, if I have to cut out all the smutty ones, it's not much of an arc. It'll be mostly the humorous ones, but some of them are pretty filthy, too. But um, I think this is great. I do, too. I'm really, really curious about how they're going to do a deal for things like Star Trek, though. You know, because the history of Paramount and fan fiction has been a long and torturous one. Mm Mm-hmm. In that sometimes they've turned a blind eye to it, and then sometimes they've cracked down on it. And in the beginning, with the officially published novels, they seem to not care what the authors did. And then mm-hmm. much more recently, they've just had an iron hand over what goes into those novels. Um, and been, I don't know, they've been very inconsistent about the way that they treat fan fiction, whether it's smutty or not, you know. Right, right. So I'm, I don't know, I'm not really sure that they're just going to go, sure, let people write fan fiction, what the hell, it's okay. That is a valid, valid concern. And um, I'm going to be interested to see how this plays out. I think they're... um, I think things are a lot different than they were 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think now they are very, very much into getting any money out of the thing they can. Mm-hmm. This is true. They may, they may not allow, in addition to not allowing, you know, pornography or, or um, graphic sex, they may not allow it if it's based on the new track because that's mm-hmm. their current cash cow. That's um, true. The other thing is... Is there a submission process? Mm-hmm. You know, um, who who is approving, yes, this can be done? Is it this Amazon company, Kindle Worlds? Um, who's got the input on that? Mm-hmm. But I find it to be an amazing development. Yeah. So here's the other, my concern. I just remembered this one thing that I wanted to talk about, which is sure. we had talked about, I guess, um, a couple of years ago maybe, when they came out with the submission requirements for Strange New Worlds, mm-hmm. people were freaking out because if you submitted something to Strange New Worlds, which is Paramount's sanctioned fanfic thing, where you can actually get your fanfic published as, not canon exactly, but Paramount will publish it in pocketbooks mm-hmm. or whatever they do. When you submitted something to them, you gave away your rights to that story. Right. It wasn't if they published it. You gave away the rights. It was if you submitted a story to them, right. that was it. You were right. officially giving that story away, which is outrageous. It's like nowhere in publishing does that happen where just by submitting a story, you've signed your rights away to it. Mm-hmm. So, again, it seems like it makes me very worried that on one hand, they'll do Strange New Worlds where just a submission means you've given Paramount your story. 
and then them agreeing to say like oh sure you know do your own fanfic and and you get actually you'll get to make some money out of it. So. Well, I will I could be the test case for that because I did submit one of my very best stories to them. Mm-hmm. Um the one about Kirk's Kobayashi Maru. And like a fool, I did not enclose a return envelope to get comments, so I don't know why it was rejected. But after reading um, some of the things the editor at that time said, what he looks for in stories and blah, 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 I can see um, what mistakes I made as far as pleasing him. Mm -hmm. But so technically they own it. So if this comes out and you can, you know, publish it and make money off it, I will put that story in. Yeah, let's see what happens, right? Let, you know. Yeah, it is very interesting. Um, we'll we'll see if it can happen, and we'll also see if they have any kind of guidelines. I mean, this is the issue with self-publishing on Amazon anyway, is that so much of it is crap, right? There's so mm-hmm. much garbage being published because there's no editing process. And if you want to self-publish, you have to have someone edit your work and – a lot of people just aren't interested in doing that, and they or they don't have the money, right? Because normally you need to pay someone to be your editor. Mm-hmm. So if you look through all the self-published stuff on Amazon, a lot of it is horribly written and just bad, bad stuff. Okay, I'm at the Kindle Worlds page now. Do you want me to read you what they their information for authors? Uh, do they have something about rights? That's the part of well, interested okay, in. let me see. Okay, content guidelines. You will receive monthly royalty reports and payments for all copies sold. Pay royalties. Amazon Publishing will pay royalties to the rights holder. Okay. For the world, we call them world licensors, and to you. So it's almost like a shared thing. Hmm. Um, okay. Ah. <gasps> Amazon Publishing will acquire all rights to your new stories, including global publication rights, for the term of copyright. Okay, that's it. So you've just given your work away. Yeah. There you go. That's what I wanted to know. Well, that doesn't seem like such a great deal, I suppose, unless you're one of those people who writes an awful lot of stuff and... Mm -hmm. You know, you, you don't mind if you give away some of your stuff to make some money. Right. Oh, well, that's really disappointing. I, I noticed that that isn't mentioned in this article. <laughs> right. That is very disappointing. Okay, I won't be the test case then. Okay. Right. Although well, it good. would be fun <laughs> to watch Amazon and Paramount duke it out over me having sold the same story yeah. to two of them. <laughs> Well, you know what? Not my fault. (laughs) Maybe we. You guys are too stupid to see. (laughs) Maybe we can put together a a collection of Tamanki lover stuff, and (laughs) you know, we can publish that. That would be okay. Well, we'd have to get the okay of all the other Tamanki lovers. Oh, that's true. We could probably do that. I don't think they would mind too much, frankly. Losing the rights to those fabulous stories like Monkeys Run Amok, Day of the Monkey. (laughs) I want to keep the rights to the Space Carnival one, though. That's really <laughs> well, that was um, Patriots Against Communism who wrote that one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Boo Kindle Worlds. Here I was thinking uh-huh. this sounded pretty good, but um, yeah, 
Okay, I'm glad we got that sorted out. Yeah, why do they why do they have to own the rights? Because that's the way they do things. That's the way they treat authors. Because they never know, right? It could be something that becomes really popular, and they don't want to take the chance that they're going to miss out on some revenue. You know, what What if it turns out to be like a, a Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Mm-hmm. If they, if they're looking for that next thing, that next fanfic that's going to make them a billion, million, trillion dollars. And right, but the only reason that that was published by a legitimate house, well, first of all, they, they figured it would sell, but yes, it was originally based on vampire Twilight <laughs> stuff, but apparently, I've never read the thing, and I really don't want to, but apparently she had changed it enough, so it, mm-hmm. you know, stood on its own as as what it is, without reference to Twilight. So, what are they going to do? If they say, ooh, look, here is this fabulous novel based on Gossip Girl, and this could actually be published outside of Kindle Worlds, and if they go to that author and say, well, since they own the rights, could they hire somebody else to rewrite it so it would be non-gossip? Yes, of course. <gasps> oh, okay. They could do that, and then they could use it if it turned out to have, say say they had your stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And you gave them the rights, and it turned out that, well, Brant is a brilliant character, but it turned out that Brant was a really popular character. They could take her and assign authors to write novels about her. Yeah. And make money off of your character. Right. So, really, I w- if I was going to do it, I would be better off to, to you know, if I was going to rewrite it so it's not Star Trek, so I could get it published outside of something like this, mm-hmm. yeah. I'd be better off doing it myself. And I'm too damn lazy, so I'll never make a dime off it. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe they'll get over this eventually, yeah. you know, this control freakness uh that's pretty scary. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if um, obviously they get their cut as the publisher, but as far as who owns the rights to the story, I wouldn't mind some sort of share yeah. with, um, with Paramount or whatever, as long as I had some control over it and some input. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, that you completely do not own this at all, that, that doesn't sit right with me. No. No, it's just... Uh, their way of guaranteeing themselves everything, everything that flows from that creativity, mm-hmm. which sucks. That's really awful. That's sad. Now I'm disappointed. Well, let's talk about something more fun. Um, okay. I loved this little quote that you found from um, the article in the Huffington Post. Yes. Again, do people listen to our podcast or what? <laughs> <laughs> because the last line of that. I mean, where else would he have gotten that from? We I don't know. Podcast. Um, it's it's really worth going to read the whole article. It's called "In Defense of Shatner's Kirk." But you go ahead because I've been blabbing and blabbing, and read the the little snippet I put in. Okay, so um, this is by a guy named Larry Womack, and he's talking about Kirk, and he says. Um, Ultimately, though, I think that Kirk's good name has been most tarnished by his own success. It's hard to be popular and keep your reputation, as so many of us have learned the hard way. We imagine him betting the women he refused, firing the phasers he didn't, and throwing punches he held, because we wish he had, because he looked so damn cool when he did. 
those are the moments that left an impression. And so those are the moments we're reliving now in J.J. Abrams' parallel universe. No one wants to remember, for instance, that the last time he saved the universe, then died because a catwalk fell apart. And I agree with all that, you know, yes. and that's part of what made Kirk Kirk was that he didn't always throw those punches or fire the phasers. The, yeah, that he um, it, it keep going and then I want to bring up something else. Okay. If there can be a last time, that is. He's also been spotted living outside of time with Picard and Guinan because space opera. <laughs> so one imagines he could pop out at literally any and every moment the studio so desires, looking like William Shatner, Chris Pine, or a CG model. You can kill James T. Kirk, but you can't expect him to stay dead. <laughs> I do love that. Um, somebody posted on, yeah, and it was John Tenuto on the William Shatner uh, Facebook page. A very long thing um, talking, and I read it, uh, about why this new Star Trek is Trek. And I think he's got either a few things wrong or wildly exaggerated. Because what he's saying is um, basically Roddenberry saw them all as explorers and he didn't want it militaristic Mm -hmm. at all. And I didn't bother to respond, although a lot of people did, but I thought, well, that may have been what sold the series, but certainly they are doing military-type things, Mm -hmm. like patrolling the neutral zone, Mm -hmm. um, stealing a weapon from the Romulans, Mm -hmm. um, almost getting into a war with the Klingons on um, whatever planet that is, where all the people are super peaceful like sheep. The... the, uh Organians. Yes. Errand of mercy. But we also, so I think, I think Chinuro is wrong in that. But to sort of tie this in with, with what um, Larry Womack is saying, they keep saying, or they said in the new series, we're explorers, we're not military. Well, you have to be military. First of all, you've got weapons. Secondly, who is going to fund this if they aren't, if not the government for military, this whole thing? And finally, I don't get the sense of balance there that I got in original Trek, where there were plenty of instances of Kirk talking his way out of things rather than just shooting people. And even that time when McCoy says something to him about you're you're trained as a diplomat as well as a soldier. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was like one of the primary functions of Starfleet Academy was to teach you both skill sets. Mm-hmm. Certainly if you're you're going to go out on these exploring things, which at any minute could turn into something you might need to shoot your way out of. Yeah, I agree. That was, in fact, I thought a big shift, not a shift in focus, but they pulled the focus even further towards the diplomat side in TNG. Yes. Picard's function really was, as our friend um, Big Miss Sunbeam said, as a um, a galactic social worker. (laughs) (laughs) Which he was in in a lot of ways, but, you know, he still had – still a captain he was still captain of the ship but yes they did a lot more of that um until they found a better balance but yeah that was that was kind of their function was mm-hmm. being out there and helping people and trying to solve problems and d- 
doing the discovery at the same time. It wasn't just about punching people out and firing phasers all the time. Yep. But I yeah, agree. You, you can kill him, but he don't never stay dead. You can't expect him to stay dead. Um, one of the things, and I did not even have a chance to read this yet, so I'm going to open it up and skim it quickly. Somebody posted um, Bill's bio from uh-huh. the world of Susie Wong, his oh, actor yes, I, bio. I saw it. You sent it to me, but I didn't actually read it. I just saw the lovely pictures, and I went, oh, yes. look how pretty he is. Okay, let me see if it, it's huge. They give him a whole page-long bio. Yeah. Uh, let me see. So it's, 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 uh, Oh, listen to this. I never knew this. Um, He accepted the offer to go with the company, and he decided to get married. That was quite a trip, he reminisced. I asked Gloria Rand, an actress I had known for some time, to marry me, which we proceeded to do just a few days before we flew to Scotland. We honeymooned in Scotland, London, and Paris, and had a wonderful time. Oh. And at, at the time of Susie Wong, they had one daughter. It talks about some of his TV work and Brothers Karamazov. Okay, so there's really not much in there that we, we didn't know, but... Lovely pictures. They are lovely pictures. Okay, this is a terrible thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Have we ever looked at when his daughter was born and when he got married, just to see? <laughs> we don't have to do this now. We can do it off the air right. and come back next time with the answer to it. But I'm, I'm just wondering... You know, like, first of all, we would need to find out actually when he was married, Mm -hmm. because I'm wondering if, like he says, it was just before they went on tour. Is that really true? Or was it a little bit before, a little bit after? And then find out when his daughter was actually born. Just wondering. Just wondering. Just wondering. Yes, we do have, we have to check into that. Okay. Because this was the era when um, they regularly lied about that kind of stuff. Right. Um press releases or promotional materials that they put out there, mm-hmm. shifting dates around quite a bit in order to make things look a little better. Yes. Yes. Okay. I just had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, the, since we don't want to talk too much about the new movie, USA Today had a neat article in it about uh, the little short segments from the captain that are out now on on epics or epics i still haven't decided which it is but um uh they did a q a for him mm-hmm. and uh, and uh blah, 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 blah. And Bill says, we've done a loving half-hour tribute to all five captains, which includes myself, which was very difficult because I had to figure out a way to put my own story down on film. So while I was interviewing the others, I encouraged them to ask me questions. And so the interviewer, like bad interviewers will, told a great deal of their lives, and it's not what the interviewee is thinking at all. Then he talks about the common bond of of all the sacrifice you make and, and, you know, getting divorced and... And uh, that that's, you know, sort of the bargain you make. Uh, and the, the interviewer says, you can see that in the character of Kirk, his dedication to the Enterprise and Starfleet. If you look at the films, it clearly was detrimental to his relationship with his son, David, and other family and friends. And Bill says, good for you, because that was always a central theme in my consciousness. 
what you have to give up in order to be successful, and is it worth it? Those are questions I've asked of myself and other people all the time, and there's no real answer to it because you don't know what your life would have been like had you given up the success. So you've got money and celebrity, but what else do you have? And are you lonely? Are you bereft of love? Is it possible to combine a loving life and a successful career? Many people ask that question. Working mothers, for example. Here's what he has to say about Chris Pine. What are your thoughts on Chris Pine and his interpretation of the character? Well, he's a lovely young man, and he's a terrific actor, and he's a good-looking guy with the bright body and everything <laughs> like that, personality. Personality is the last thing he thinks of. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to be a big success. He's got all the equipment, and I was very impressed with him. He's a lovely young man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, he didn't answer the question at all. No, and then they, they said, but what was it like seeing another actor referred to as Jim Kirk? <laughs> Bill says, you know, I haven't seen the film. I haven't seen the new film. I didn't see the old film. (laughs) It got away from me. I've got to go see it before I start appearing in these things, I guess. You know, I don't feel proprietorship to Captain Kirk. The character was, was before me. I invested it with what I could of myself. And then in the movies, I've sort of moved away from it. And yet I'm there, but I'm not there. Paramount owns Captain Kirk, but it is the source of all this celebrity, and I never forget that. And yet, I'm glad to see Star Trek continue because there's something about it, and we realize it's mythological that appeals to people and has been this phenomenon in show business. It's been around for 50 years. So I thought that was an interesting interview. Uh, Except he's lying about the proprietorship over Captain Kirk. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, yeah. I think anybody who knows him would say he feels very, very, very much like he And I think as time went on, especially as the movies went on, he he became more and more uh, proprietary and... The his self image of who Shatner is and who Kirk is melded. Yes, completely. Yes, that's so funny. Well, I like him not answering the questions. That was oh yes, yes. Was very diplomatic of him. Um, Let's see. So I think we're kind of getting to the end of our show. Um, I I did want to uh, go through the last item that you sent, uh, the anecdote about undiscovered country about the blue food, because that was really funny. Would you like to read that? Um, Okay, sure. The blue food at the dinner scene was so disgusting that actors had to be bribed to eat it. Each actor was offered $20 for every bite. Shatner did it and won $240 before throwing up. Of course he did, because he had to, he had to win. He had yes. to be the one who ate the most. According to Leonard Nimoy, it was chunks of squid treated with blue food coloring. Reportedly, Shatner was the only member of the cast able to swallow any of it. Of course he was. <laughs> and the first time Shatner ate the colored squid, he turned and looked right at Nick Meyer and said, Where's my 20? <laughs> Meyer called cut and pulled out the 20 and gave it to Shatner. And this, yes, they're crediting William Shatner's Star Trek movie memories. <laughs> That's awesome. What a great story. And so Bill. So oh. very, very Bill. Well, you know, I think even if they hadn't offered the 20 bucks, if they had said, I dare you to eat it, mm-hmm. Bill would have, he would have done at least one. But once you put money in it, he's going to keep going until he throws up and beyond. <laughs> uh, of course. Of course. Because that's just the way he is. That's Bill. 
Um, I remembered there was one other thing I wanted to mention about the Craig Ferguson interview, okay. which was in, in the midst of their um, weird perambulations as they're talking, um, Bill started giving him advice about um, freezing his sperm to Craig Ferguson. <laughs> yes. and, and Ferguson said to him, uh, are you a doctor? And he said, no, but I am an expert on junk, which I thought was <laughs> really, really good. Yes. <laughs> and true. Also very true. Mm-hmm. Yes, because they were talking about Caring for your junk. <laughs> Bill, sh- Bill should know. Bill should absolutely know. Um, okay. There are things on this list that we are not getting into this time. And um, some of them are some really fun links, mostly having to do with the new movie. So I'm going to put them up on the Facebook page. Okay. So you're all going to want to go and check these out. These are, you know, recommended by your butt girls, but our, our podcast just got too full this time. Mm-hmm. And we obviously had to give major, major time to, <sighs> oh, my God, Kitty. <laughs> Do you think he told Elizabeth about that? I'm sure he did not. But now I'm tempted to go see if I can make a shatism. <laughs> you should. I bet you could. I wonder if you get it to could get it to be a sort of similar inflection. That would well, be really I d- I'm I'm really wondering if God and Kitty are on there. Hmm. Maybe Gosh. Maybe you could get Gosh. Oh, that kind of. I don't yeah. see why you couldn't get Kitty. That's a normal word. Yeah, I know, but I mean, there's lots of normal words that aren't on there, so oh. I have to All see. All right, well, go see. I'll, I'll have to look at mine, too. Yeah. I haven't updated mine recently, so I wonder if it's got the most recent um, oh. vocabulary upgrade. It would only have been more amazing if I had managed to record it. Yeah. And, you know, oh. I could have had it in my hand, and I doubt anybody would have known because they were moving things along so fast. But I don't yeah. want to be too greedy. I got more than my share of Shatner that day with the, the smile and walking beside him. And oh, how awesome. I'm telling I'm him so how glad. sexy he I'm is. I'm so glad. Well, maybe you'll, have a, maybe you'll have a dream, and then you could post it to um, the Dreams of William Shatner blog. That would oh, be yeah, cool. we haven't done that in a really long I time. I haven't had a dream about Bill in a really long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. It's really funny in my dreams about him in the the past, I don't know, year or so, it's almost like they're a progression because now in the dreams, he's never surprised to see me and he knows exactly who I am. So it's like we've become good friends. In your dreams. That's awesome. That's great. (laughs) In my dreams. (laughs) Well, I have to go to bed now. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. All right. Well... Everybody, let us know what you think of this amazing story that Kitty had to tell us about her meeting with William Shatner. Um, And if you have gotten to see Bill at any of his events, because he is doing this sort of thing, let us know about it. Um, And also let us know if you might be in the area to do the Creation Con in November. We'll be putting up the information about it on Facebook and at the blog. But yes, yes, we'd love to see you at our party. Start making your plans now. Yeah, and Bill will be there. Bill will be there. And so will we. His black socks and sandals telling stories. Wearing loud shirts. <laughs> Wearing really loud shirts. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon with yet another show from Your Butt Girls. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>